This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. But delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. Oh, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes. Back of the net. It didn't happen in 49, 61, 63 or 69 when they reached the final. But the class of 2021 have delivered. Leicester City are FA Cup winners at last and are history makers at Wembley. A modern day football miracle. They have blown their rivals away. They have blown... That's all the way in truth. Premier League champions 2016. The amazing Leicester City. Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. And now, here's your host. Right, Chris. All right there. How the devil are we? 
yeah, I shouldn't really be asking, should I? <laughs> Welcome along. I apologize for being late. Uh, totally my fault. I sent the invite for tonight's show to a Watford fan <laughs> instead of to Louise. Um, and then wondering why she wasn't replying. And then when she said, where's the link? And I typed it in and left it there and forgot to press send. I tell you what, I am getting old. I need to be retired, I think. This is Lester Till I Die. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. And if you're not, get over to YouTube now and do what it says there. Subscribe, hit that like button, and um, hit the notifications as well. We do five or six shows a week, so you need never miss a show. Um, and if you are listening on Catch Up on the old podcast, whatever podcast platform you use, we're on all the major ones and a lot of the other ones as well. Thank you very much for listening. That means an awful lot as well. Like I say, I have to apologise to us, but let's bring her in and say good afternoon, Louise, or good evening, Louise. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Well, not having a good day by the sound of it. You know, <laughs> I must be getting to that age where uh, technology is beyond me, I think, you know. But yeah. uh, but it's been an interesting week. We're only, uh, well, first three games off the end of the season. Um, it's, yeah, it's soon come round. Uh, I always think, because, you know, we do a lot of shows here, and I always say, oh, great, it's the end of the season, I can have a break. I bet you within a week I'm sat there, what am I going to do tonight? <laughs> I need to go up with a show. Well, we have got the Women's World Cup. That's about the only football we've got this summer. And then, obviously, the men's version in the winter. So, there is plenty of football to watch. Oh, oh, yeah, there will. And if you're up for doing maybe something for the Women's World Cup, we can yeah. have a chat about that. I have sent you a message, actually, because there was another thing I wanted to ask you about as well. So, at the end, if you can stay, okay. that would be great. Um, yeah, no but let's have a look at last week. <laughs> well... If we want to, we'll go through the news first and then we'll have a look at some of the games. And like I said, I apologise to anybody that's watching. The graphics are, are really bad this week, but I was rushing with the scores. Uh, but let's start with this one. Watford relegated. Uh, probably surprised they lasted as long as they did. Uh, ben Foster criticised teammates' attitudes after relegation. I mean, are you ever for players coming out and having to go at the teammates? <sighs> Yes and no. I think it depends on the teammates and how they are, they are going to react to it. I don't think he'll be very popular when they go into training next. But at the same time, are those you know those players need to look into themselves and say, well, are these criticisms that he's throwing at us valid? Mm. And I think for most of the players, you'll probably say yes, they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if he's going to be the goalkeeper next season for them, you know, mm. those same bunch of players. He's going to have to talk about why he's come out in the public and said it and not kept it in the changing room. But I don't I don't have particularly have a problem with it. He's come out, he's said it. You know, it's obviously his opinion. He obviously yeah. has something going on there. Maybe he has that sort of relationship. He's one of the more senior players. Perhaps yeah. he feels, you know, he can do it. I suppose if, if it was at Leicester and um, Luke Thomas came out and said it, the players might go, what are you doing? But if Casper yeah. came out and said it, you kind of say, okay. I mean, looking at that, what amazes me is, um, I mean, we know what they're like with the managers, Watford. And I, I do have a moan about Watford and Norwich. And it's not, it's not that I hate the club, but it's not that I have anything against the fans at all. It's just I do think the clubs are badly run. You know, they're coming up, going straight down, coming up, going straight down. Nobody does it like those two players? And it's almost like they hit the self-destruct button. I mean, three managers this season, 
And I did yeah. the watch along for the Watford Burnley game, I think it was the other week. And when when Burnley scored to equalise and then scored to go ahead, Roy Hodgson, now I know he's getting on a bit, bless him, you know, but it looked like he could have done with a stand of stair lift to get him up and to the edge of the pitch to try and G his, uh, yeah. G his players up. He was just kind of sat there and like, what's the point? You know, he never got out. It was, there was no enthusiasm about it. You know, yeah. Burnley, when they scored, the manager was hugging, he was G and the players on. And you've got to say, you know, if that's the sort of manager they're getting, then, you know, it's, I'm not surprised they've gone down. Yeah, I mean, it's double edge, isn't it? Because, again, the players shouldn't need GNO. You're playing for your life to be a Premier League player mm. next season. So you shouldn't need GNO. However, that is part of the manager's job, is to make yeah. sure that the players do their job. So it is 50 50. But I think Hodgson's gone there probably knowing they're going down, knowing that he probably isn't going to make the difference for them staying up. And I think that's what he's been re- kind of resigned to since the day he started the job. Um, I mean, so, Mike yeah. makes a good point there. Ben Foster has carried them this season, and do you blame him? A bit like Pickford, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, you look at the last couple of games, and we'll come on to obviously the Leicester game because we have to. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's Pickford that's probably we kept them in. Uh, to yeah, he's two great games against us at the weekend. Yeah. Pickford, so. we, we seem to get it, don't we? They seem to like to save the performances for when they play Leicester. Uh, Mike, good after, good evening anyway. I uh, hope you are well, young man. Um, this one, this was Ralph. Now, I like Ralph, to be honest with you. Um, I think, A, I think Southampton have done well to sort of stick by him with, you know, the, the bad results that he's he's got. He seems to, every season, there's a big one in there. He's not quite managed the 9-0 yet this season, but then again, it's not over yet. Um, but, you know, to me, with what he's had to put up with at Southampton, as soon as there's a decent player that he gets... He has to let them go. He sell they sell them. Yeah. And I, I mean, had Southampton not had the start that they always, you know, they have a good start, they'd probably be like in the bottom, well, not saying the bottom three, but they would be well, they are virtually, but they would definitely be in a relegation battle, very much similar to uh Leicester under Peter Taylor. If we hadn't had the good start that one season, we'd have been down a season earlier. Um boos were heard at Leicester. On, on Sunday as well, uh, though I don't think it was necessarily aimed at the manager. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on Ralph? I think it's incredibly unfair. You know, mm. any... It's, really, again, really difficult because, you know, they pay the money, they have the right to their opinion, but I think it's incredibly unfair to kind of judge a manager on the job that he does at Southampton because like you say his hands are tied behind his back all the time get a decent player they sell him there's not a great deal of money to go out and buy even when they do sell those players the money doesn't seem to be overly invested back into the team because then well you can say it like Leicester do you know we sold somebody way more than we bought them for and then that went back into the team that's fine but that doesn't seem to be what's happening with Southampton Um, and obviously I mean their academy is is very good, has had yeah. numerous players coming through that. So that's obviously the route they're taking, and that's fine. But it, it's a bit harsh, I think, to be booing. Yeah, Anthony says here, good evening, Anthony, how the devil are you? Uh, Southampton, same as Leicester, were a stepping stone to get to a bigger team. Uh, 
<laughs> Anthony Knockout certainly thought we were, didn't he? Um, I, I'd like you say, I just, I don't know what, you know, what you say some fans want. It's not, I don't think it, it's the manager's fault at all. I don't think, as you say, Ralph, you know, new best players are being sold from underneath your feet. To keep them in the division, I think, is is, is good. Um, and I know it's the emotion of the match. And when, you know, when you come off and we do our post-match show, I'm, I'm usually raging um, and what have you. But oh, I, I just... Um, I don't know. I just think there'd be, and it's not fair for us to sort of criticise other clubs, obviously, because we sometimes need to take a look at ourselves. But yeah. I just think he doesn't, you know, he deserves a bit better with what he's having to put up with. Again, though, it's expectation, isn't it? Because mm. Southampton should not be expecting to be in the top half of the Premier League. With the money they spend and the way that they run the club, they shouldn't be expecting that. But. They've had early success in this season, so that's what it does for you. Very mm. much similar to Leicester. And like I said before, if that that season's we finished fifth, we're classed as a failure because we were fourth and then slipped down to fifth. If we'd been yes. sixth and gone up to fifth, it would have been a it would have been a success. So that's what I mean by kind of judging expectation on actually what you've got in front of you rather than what the season kind of makes you expect. And to be honest, like this is pretty good for Southampton. You know, they're not in the relegation battle. They're not... There's been no point in the season where you thought they were going to go down. That's that's happened to them in the past. Yeah. You know, they have yeah. you know, had to win on the last day to stay up and things like that. So this is progression for them. But I, I, I can remember when they when they stayed up in the old uh, second tier and sent us down because we could only draw against Stoke and uh, uh, you know the, you've got to be grateful for where you are sometimes. Um, yes. uh, we we actually it's, it's went. It's not to... lack of ambition to be happy where you are and to kind of say, well, yeah, this is where we deserve to be. Yes. Um, I, think I don't actually... follow them, so I'm, I don't yeah. know how they're playing. That's yeah. a whole other different issue to talk about, but. As a result, and where they're finished in the season, they've got no reason to be bad. No, 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 not at all. I mean, Anthony says there, and it's very true, and I'll touch on this again with, with, with when we look at the Leicester game. The fans just want to see the players make an effort. And you lose games. You lose games. It's part of football, you know. <laughs> Arsenal did it once, but it's very unlikely that any team's going to go now the whole season without losing, you know, a game. Um, no, when you've got the best... Two, two of the arguably the best teams to ever be in the Premier League in Liverpool and Man City, mm. not being able to do that, you know, slipping up at times. Yeah, then I don't see anyone else doing it. No, but I think if you lose, and I, I always said, you know, I think I've said it to you before, you know, when we when Nigel Pearson did the great escape, every week you could see that team putting the effort in. Yeah. And the fans were prepared to back the team because that's what they saw, you know. And Anthony's quite right. Uh, Mike Green says the need to realise that the uh, grass isn't always green on the other side. They need to know what side their bread is buttered. Or if they get rid of him at this moment, it'll collapse. He's building something. I mean, again, always be careful what you wish for. Um, I can remember when, as I used to work at, at Blackbone Rovers, and they, uh, they, sold out to the Venki brothers, um, the chicken farmers from India. And the Venkis came in, the fans were going mad because they didn't want Sam Allardyce as their manager. Yeah. So the Venki brothers, in an attempt to please the fans, sacked him. 
and they made him um they made I forget forget his name now, but he was the he was his assistant. They made him uh, manager and they got relegated. You know, and I, I can remember Charlton fans, they had great success under um Alan Kirbishley, and they didn't like it because they were finishing, you know, mid table every season. Yeah. They got rid of him. Where are they now? You know, you, you the act might says that the grass isn't always greener, and I do but think we have to remember that. You also have to see the other side of it, though, where managerial changes do make a difference, and you know, there does become points where teams are stale with the managers they have. Mm. I don't think Southampton are there at all, but again, I think it's not just about the manager, though, is it? It's about everything from top to bottom, and the the kind of model that they have at Southampton, to be fair to them, has kept them in the Premier League. So who am I to argue with it? But it's, it's, it's not point. let's go and spend money trying to get into the Europe or get into the Champions League. That's not what they're trying to do. Mm. So that when the manager goes there, it's a different uh, task he's, he's given than mm. someone who goes to Liverpool, for example, because they, are, they demand trophies. They want to be in the Champions League. They expect to be in the Champions yeah. League. Yeah. No one should be expecting anything near that at Southampton. No, no, and you could say at Leicester as well. And I think you know, like you say, getting rid of the manager can work. You know, we've seen well Burnley this season, for example. Who'd have thought they'd have got rid of Sean Dyche? They did, and it looks like they could very well stay up now, which they didn't look under Dyche. But I think it's a case of if we are going to do that, and as fans, be careful what you what you ask for, because as Leicester fans, we had a great team under Bloomfield. And we got a little bit sort of, you're too young to remember this probably, but we got, um, everybody got a bit fed up that we were playing this fantastic football but not winning. And he, he, he left and we got Frank McClintock and went down the same season. <laughs> so it's a case of if you're going to, you know, take that risk, then you've got to hope that the club, that, that your club is going to bring in the right that's, person, that's if you exactly like. That's the point you know. though, isn't it? It's a risk. When you change your manager, mm. it's a risk. Just like when you buy a new player or get a new coach or whatever it mm. be, everything you do is a risk because there's yeah. no guarantees in football ever. Like they just don't exist, do they? No. So no. everything's a risk. Mm. I mean, exactly. When you're not making those decisions. Yeah, Mike says there it works, but not only say Burnley as in Palace. And I'm not having a dig. And Mike's a big Man United fan, and I'm not certainly not having a dig at Man United here. But look at. Um, what they've done this season, you know, fans wanted Ollie out, they were bored with him. You know, there's rumors that he lost the dressing room, so they got rid of him with no plan about what they were going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they get a temporary manager in, um, that obviously has been an unmitigated disaster. Um, and you've got to be careful if you are going to shout out for somebody. And let's be honest with you, most clubs would have been happy with what Ollie was bringing Man United a second yeah. and fourth. But I get, I get it. I get why Man United wanted him out. Um, but you see, it's that. Let's hope we get the right person in, and it doesn't always happen. I say Charlton, mm -hmm. Blackburn, Manchester United. It, it, it doesn't always work out. But uh, but we're fans, and if you look, I always say, if you look, foot, you know, look at football fan in the dictionary, we'll say fickle. So it is what we are. Now, this I found very interesting because there was a lot of um, discussion over the um, Champions League game um, when Manchester City lost 
to, to, to Real Madrid about the timing, etc., and how much time is added on. And the referee blew, I think it was 10 seconds early. Wow, that's going to make a difference. <laughs> Mark Plattenberg, obviously, ex, you know, Premier League referee, he's refereed at the highest level. Um, he's suggesting, and I don't know if they 60 minute matches, I, I get. I get what he's saying. Let's have 60 minutes, but if the ball goes out or if a player goes down and decides to roll over 20 times and waste five minutes, then the clock is stopped and then we know exactly we're adding the right amount of time on. I thought that was supposed to happen. I thought that's what the the fourth referee did. Stop the clock and then told the referee how much to add on at the end. You would think so, but have you ever really seen a game where... You've not said where have those seven minutes come from, or why is it only two minutes? He but was down for five. Again, yeah, but again, that's the rules are already there. They just need to be implemented better. For example, if someone's rolling around, give them a yellow card. If they're not hurt, if they're rolling mm. around, so don't do it. Yeah. Not only did it make referees' jobs harder to actually referee the game and give fouls that actually are fouls, it's cheating. It's trying to gain an advantage yes. you shouldn't have. Yes. So book them. I mean, do you remember uh, the Euros? It was the Italian team, and it it wasn't against England, I don't think. But, excuse me, one of their players went down. uh, I don't know if he was in the box or whatever, but he was rolling over, holding his legs, absolutely in pain. Italy had kept possession of the ball, crossed it, they scored, and he immediately got up to to congratulate. And when you you see things like that... You always know when they're hurt because they stay still. If they're genuinely yeah. hurt, they stay still. If yes. it's a head injury, they stay still. Yes. So it, you know it, when they're hurt. Yeah, no, no. And, and, but, you know, it, when it's obvious like that, I don't know why VAR can't, after the game, look back and have somebody watch that game and go, yeah, well, that was a dive or that was cheating. Yeah. And issue them a yellow card, and then obviously a few yellow cards, they get a red card. The managers would soon come down on those players saying, Stop getting that because you keep getting banned. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, it just comes to using the tools that referees already have. Hmm. They carry in their pocket a yellow and red card. Use it. And you haven't got, and I hear this thing, well, well, it will ruin games. No, it won't, because it, like you say, a couple of games of that happening, and these hmm. games ending up and eight players each. The managers are then going to say, right, lads, unless you're actually yeah. injured, don't be doing rolling around. Don't actually yes. be going down when you get the lightest of touches. And if it's a foul, fine, go down because your momentum may take you down, but get back yeah. up. You're not hurt. Yes. You are, you are trying to con the referee. You are cheating. We always remember that famous um, Liverpool incident with Robert Fowler, uh, Robbie Fowler, where he went down. Again, you, you may not remember this, but he went down and was given a penalty, and he actually got stood straight back up again and was going like that to the referee. I do, yeah, actually. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I remember it from actually happening, but I, I have seen that on um, like TV, yeah. basically. Yeah. I mean, that, that just shows, you know, how, how the referees get it wrong. And, I mean, was it not so long ago? I seem to remember, but I could say I'm old and very forgetful, that players aren't supposed to go and surround the referee. It's supposed to just be the captain that goes up quite rightly and goes, can you explain that one, ref? You know, but we seem well, to be back. Question. Why are they questioning the referee? The referee is not changing his mind. Get on with the game. Then afterwards, say, actually, ref, I thought that was a foul. Talk about it afterwards. Mm. But 
in that, then referees actually have to come out and say why they made the decisions they did. Hmm. If a player makes a mistake, he has to come out and admit it. If a manager has, makes a mistake, he comes out and admits it. Referees don't have to do that. And I'm not saying referees making mistakes is like on purpose or anything, but come hmm. out and explain. This is what I saw. I saw it from this angle. It looked like this. Yeah. Because then yeah. It, as the fans and the players and the manager can go, okay, that's not what happened, but that's what he saw. That's why he gave the decision he gave. No one, no one can argue with it. Then it's it's the lack of just um, transparency about it yeah. that makes yeah. it a problem. I mean, I am all for because again, Mike, I'm, I'm just I'm only quoting Man United because I've seen Man United do it, but they were famous for surrounding the referees yeah. at, at Old Trafford, and I say it, there was a stop, but it seems to be creeping back in that you got players going up and arguing with the referee. I mean, there was one. I think it, I'm not sure if it was the Palace game or not, where uh, the guy, I think it was when he was sent off, I think it was Palace, because he was he was booked, but then he was going to change it to a red because he was told to go and check VAR. And as he was walking over, somebody was arguing with him, so he showed him a yellow card as well. And the, the commentator said, he's got to be careful, he's still arguing, if he's not careful, that will be a red card. And like you say, it, I agree, it would soon cut it out, totally. Um, I mean, I don't know if you remember, well, you will remember, when when England, England, what am I saying? When Chelsea uh, and Tottenham drew and we got the title and Mm -hmm. what sort of match that was. And there there was at least probably three or four red cards in that game. And I forget who the referee was now. It might have been Clattenburg, I'm not sure. But he'd said before that he'd made the decision not to issue a red card. He says, well, I'm not going to have Southampton accusing me of costing them the title. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the players didn't know that, obviously, but, uh, you know, as bad as things were, he never actually issued a red card in that game because he said that. But um, The thing is, it's, it's not an easy job for referees, and we do need to remember no. that. The speed that the players are going at, and, you know, like I say, when if it's if, say James Madison is running at the defence and he gets clipped, he's going over regardless. Mm. I don't have a problem with him going over. That's his momentum. That's phys- physics. What I have a problem with if he's rolling around holding his knee, and the minute mm. he gets the free kick, he's up taking it. That's what I have a problem with. Yeah, and you know James has done that before. You know he's left and not immune to it. Yeah. And, you know, and Anthony, I think, has got a point there as well. Some managers will tell players to go down and waste time. Um, you know. getting yellow cards and red cards, they won't. Well, no, that would, of course, no, that would stop that happening. That, that's but the whole point. I, the only know. way you're going to stop it is by yeah. giving yellow and red cards. Because Yes. I mean, again, Anthony, again, ask here, do you think the media should interview refs after the games too? I mean, I think, yes, they should. Because... I've no, I've no problem with a referee getting a decision wrong. I understand they're human. They don't see, you know, without VAR, before that came in, they can only see what they see and they give. And I'm, the referees, 99.9% of them, do not go out there to, um, you know, cheat or give the wrong decisions. You know, they go out there to, to, to referee a game. And... If they came out and they said, like, well, they'll up, that was obviously not a penalty. And they said, well, from where I stood, I gave it because I thought I thought Robbie Savage had run into 
Jamie Carragher or whatever, I'd, I'd accept it because he's come out and explained in his opinion, and that's what he's paid to give, basically, is his opinion on these decisions. I think also we need to start seeing the footage of our decisions mm. because I think a lot of the problems come, again, from players. You know, when, they get, when you think you've scored, that must be the best feeling ever for a player. Yes. Especially if you're at home, like scoring one of your own fans must be the most the best feeling ever. Mm. But then to be marked off must be heartbreaking. If you don't see why, you know, if you're miles offside, you know, like the players know if they're like way offside, but with mm. very like tight decisions and, and free kicks and fouls, maybe just show it. Mm. Because it doesn't help the players, it will help the crowd. They'll know exactly yeah. what's happened because we're capable of that as well. We We can see it one way when actually it's completely the opposite. And when yeah. you see on match of the day afterwards, you think, oh, actually, that was a foul. At the time yeah. on the ground, you shine blue murder because you don't think it is. And we see it completely different because we are watching it on, it on a screen. Happen. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, at the end of every game, Alan, Alan um, uh, uh, Bennett sends me through his, his ratings for the manager and sort of the players and picks the man of the match for me. And sometimes I'm sat there going, really? But he's seen it. From the match, you know, and he's seen yeah. it completely differently to what I'm seeing on that little screen, and I don't see the full game. Uh, no. Hi, Talk, how are you doing? Uh, I'm going to have a big thank you to Talk. He did some work for me today. Thank you so much, mate. Really do appreciate it. He has got a new channel out, Football versus Cancer. Hope I got that the right way around, Talk. Um, it's all about men's and ladies' cancer and what we can do um, to fight it. So. Do, if you haven't yet, search on YouTube for Football versus Cancer. Give it a like and give it a subscribe. It's a great channel and it's great what Mike, uh, what uh, Talk is intending to do uh, or trying to do, I should say. Um, yeah, I would say, as Anthony says again, just come out and explain the situation and that, that's all we ask for, you know. It doesn't, um, for me, it doesn't even have to be after every match, but if there's a contentious hmm. decision, say a penalty has been given, you know, is 50-50 or whatever, come out and just say, this is what I saw, this is why I gave it. Yes, yeah. Now then, next season, we could be having um, a local derby, but first of all, mm -hmm. Fulham and Bournemouth are promoted back up. Um, mm -hmm. I bought, now, I read, or I thought I heard somebody say that Bournemouth had been out in the Premier League for two seasons. Is that right? I thought there was one season, to be honest with you. You went down last season. I'm sure Mike will tell us in the chat. In, 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 yeah. in, in, he's, he's the Carol Vorderman of football, is Mike. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, not, not half as good looking. I'm going to say that. But, uh, sorry, Mike. But um, great for me, great to see Bournemouth back in. Uh, because it's literally a bus ride down to, for me to go and see them. So it's like a home game. So, yes, I've got Southampton and Bournemouth I can go to next season. Yeah. And I've got to be totally honest with you. Um, oh, oh, apparently, yes, they got to the playoff semi-finals last year and lost to Brentford. I don't remember. I don't. My memory's going. My memory's going. But I can say, for me... When you know, with what that if we hadn't won the Premier League that season, the story for me would have been the fact of where Bournemouth came from minus 17 points 
in the yeah. fourth tier, about to go out and get into the Premier It was a great story. So it's great to see them back. Fulham, again, I'm pleased to see them back, but I just hope they don't do a Norwich or Watford. I yeah. think they're probably going to, in all honesty. I don't hold out much hope. Purely because when they did come up and spend money, it didn't work out for them, and that's bound to put them off a little bit. But then again, maybe that's just what they're going to do. Um, they've obviously got money mm. going on there. Yeah. It's difficult to say. Difficult to say. It is. It is. And I am, like I say, a little bit sort of like... Well, West Brom, I mean, when they came up one time, they were up for seven seasons. They they did make a go of it. And it's like when Leicester came up under Martin O'Neill, who were up, up for three or four seasons. It's just this coming up and then going down and, you know, I just, I, I, I don't think it's fair on the fans, you know what I mean? But hopefully Fulham, fingers crossed, would, uh, will not be doing that. Um, but looking at the four in the old playoffs there, I mean, obviously Huddersfield and Sheffield United have been here before. Um, I would personally love to see Luton Town come up because I love to see teams that come up that haven't been in the Premier League before yeah. They come up and they give it go. And it's, it's it's the dream for the fans. You know, we've been there. We've been there. And uh, we know what it's like. Uh, it, it's This is what football is about. It's improving and getting there and living that dream. And that's what I think UEFA and FIFA are maybe trying to get out of the uh, the game. But I'd yeah, love but to see they, Luton they never will because the fans won't allow it because... Even if it's not your team, that's why we love football. We love, you know, people love that we won it in 2016 because we weren't mm. supposed to. You know, yes. we weren't the same old teams winning it, you know. Mm. No, totally. um, and it gives them belief that it can be their season. You know, next time it can be their season. My and only worry can... with Luton Town would be mm. probably going straight back down. So come up, probably going straight back down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if you can, if you can come up, and not everybody's going to come up and do a Sheffield United and finish in the top ten in the first season, or like Leeds did, but then you've got to worry about second season syndrome. Although it didn't bother us, did it? But um, I, I, I just, I, I yeah, I, I hope they come up and they can even just even if they get sort of, you know, seventeenth, sixteenth, um, or seventeenth, and just stay up, it gives them a chance for the second season to build, and then who knows. You know, how long were Wimbledon in the top flight for? You know, there's... Uh, it, no, but... one, no one's safe. You know, Villa are, are a huge club that have been down. Forest mm. have been in the championship for years. Leeds have been there for years, come up and had possibly only two seasons, three seasons. So yeah. nothing again is guaranteed. But with the budget they're going to have, they're going to find it real hard to stay up. And Mike's um, point, Mitrovic has scored 43 goals. I do believe he was playing for the last time they went down. He was, and I was going to say exactly the same there, Louise. You're reading my mind. <laughs> He's, yes. He is, for me, one of those players that is great in the Championship, mm. but Not in the Premier good. League, he didn't do anything last time he was up. No. Very, very, you know, it's, it's easier to score goals when your team's winning. It's easier yes. to be a good player in a team that is winning. Mm. When that isn't happening, that's when you see the, the good players. Yeah. Pukie, not is it Pukie, I would even say it, I'm useless with names. At Norwich, he's the same, you know. Does it in, in the in the champ you know in the championship, can't do it as, as much in the in the Premier League. 
Uh, Mike says he's going to the championship playoff final. Well, hopefully, if, if Forrest are there, make sure you spit on them as they walk out, please. <laughs> no, I jest, of course. But are you? a lot of fans want Forrest to come back up because we haven't had an East Midlands derby for so long. But then we got one and we completely cocked it up. I personally don't want them to come up. Um, and that's purely because it's Forrest. How, would you, do you want that East Midlands derby? Yeah, they come back yeah I up? do. I, I, want, I want them up um, just for the derby. Because, mm. yeah, okay, they didn't on, you know, a one-off game, they beat us. Yeah. If, if they come up and we finish below them, then Rogers deserves to go. Mm. Because there's think... no way that should be happening in the positions no. we've been in to the ones they've been in. But And I think, is it they... Cooper, the manager at Forest? Yeah. He's done a brilliant job there, and it hurts me to say this, but I'm going to be honest. If they come up out of the four of them, I think Forrest are probably the best equipped to stay up. Arguably, yeah. I mean, Sheffield United obviously are going to have for saying that. Uh, yeah, I would probably say Forrest or Sheffield United are going to have the best chance of staying up if they come up. But we all know that that playoff final is a one off game that can anything can happen in. You know, you can be the, the team on top for the whole 90 minutes and still not come up, you know? So. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, quick, before I come on to that point, Mike says, I want Forrest up and to stay up. I'm, I'm, we're going to fall out, Mike. <laughs> but, uh, um, they're a huge club. I hate that. I hate, I hate the two words, huge club. And again, how do you define a, a huge yeah. club? Yeah. On winning stuff? Yes, Forrest are a huge club. They've won loads in the past, but it's in the past and it's in the past by a long way. Yes. Yeah. You know, do you I do it always... by fan base? Then, yes, again, hmm. Forrest are a big club, but they're not bigger than. Leeds, they're no bigger than those teams. They're no, no. bigger than after Villery went down. Being a big club or a huge club does not give you any divine rights to be in the Premier League. No. And it does and not make the why... Premier League better for those clubs to be in it over clubs that mm. haven't been in it before. And this because is why you know, I've said the... this season, I don't want Leeds to go down purely for the fan base. Because mm. I have... And it's what you come across. And this is, again, football's about opinion. It's only my opinion. But when... Um, Leeds came up, they they were saying sort of, well, they weren't saying we're back where we belong, you know. Mm -hmm. And again, Mike, I'm sorry, but Man United fans, we expect to be in the in the in the Champions League. That's where we belong. No, you don't. You only you've only done well since Wenger came in. Yeah, you did well under the Bushby Babes. Then you did absolutely nothing for years and years and years. And then you had a success under Ferguson. That's gone again. So, and it's the same with the Arsenal fans. We deserve to be in the top four because we are Arsenal. No, you don't. You don't deserve to be in the top four. No, You're eight because you were, you were the eighth best team. It's as simple as yes. that. So, Mike, you know, you're saying European history, massive fan base, and great stadium. I tell you what, then let's bring let's bring Blackpool back into the Premier League, shall we? Let's bring Bolton back into the Premier League. Huddersfield Town have won the league more times than Tottenham Hotspur. So does that make, and I, I always quote this with when Tottenham fans come on giving it the big up, does that make Huddersfield a bigger club than than Tottenham because they've more Premier League trophies? Or, well, not Premier League, but, you know, top flight trophies? It's very difficult to judge who's a big club. Are Nottingham Forest bigger than Leicester City? 
I don't think so. The fan base is about the same. I don't think they've particularly got a great stadium, to be honest with you, Mike. But again, you know, your opinion, and I, I respect that. But I, I don't want them to come up, to be honest with you. Um, but like you say, if they I do, do come up... It would be a quick away game. That's... That is very true. That is very true. But you know, you know that even with that, they're not going to put. You know, Sky aren't going to put it on uh, on Boxing Day or something like that, which would be convenient for the fans. Quickly, last point before we move on to the games. Um, Andrew says here they should stop parachute payments when they get relegated. I can kind of see where he's coming from. It's a big debate, though, isn't it? Because. You've just said you want teams to be trying to stay in the Premier League. Now, who does and who doesn't? They're not going to do that if they've not got that backup of the parachute payment. You are going to see clubs try it, fail and go bust, which is not what we want. So if you want teams to try when they do come up to stay in the Premier League, to be competitive, which makes the league better, you've got to have that parachute payment because they won't try otherwise. They won't try. They won't spend that amount of money because they'll be worried that if they do and they go down, that they're not got a club at all. And that has happened. That's why the parachute payments are there in the first place. It is unfair to teams that aren't getting that parachute payment, though, to be having to compete with teams that are because it's free money, essentially. It's, it's money for failure. So I get it. It is money for failure. You didn't stay in the division in the pain for that. Mm. But it, that's it is, what it's it there. It is failing. It's like, you know, we lost the European semi-final. If we'd have got through to the final and won that, we would have got success because we failed at, at the bigger league, say with Man United, yeah. when they lost in the Champions got kicked out of the Champions League, nearly beat Villarreal in the Europa League final. It's not fair, but, it, you know, I agree it, it's what it is. I just think we know that going out and buying big players does not mean that you're automatically going to stay up. You know, Man United, I guess, really sorry about this, Mike, but I just keep seeing your name and I know you're a Man United fan, but look at the players they have got. Hmm. And they, and look where they are in the table. Now, that's not because they've got bad players, I don't think. They've got some world-class players in there, but you could argue that it is the, um, the, the standard of management, maybe the training, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Brentford haven't come up and spent a fortune, but they're staying up. They've been very clever. Yes, they got Ericsson and that's made a big difference. But, you know, that they've gone out and got him. You know, <laughs> not paid a transfer fee or anything. So the, the thing about United is they've got one of the best players of the generation in Ronaldo. And I mm. remember when Man United fans were saying, oh, you know, this will be the signing that will change everything. And it hasn't been. And it won't be because you can't win with one player. That's not how football works. It is a team game and you need your club from top to bottom to be all on the same page going the same way you don't need someone like the glazers taking money out of your club hand over fist that's not going to help you that's not going to help any manager that comes so it's it's totally top from bottom and that's what people don't realize buying players is only a very small part of running a football club yeah there is much more to it than that you've got to have the right manager you've got to have the right players playing in the right formation and get a bit lucky like look is the th- one mm. thing you can't buy. Um, yeah, and th- that proves it. Because, like I say, Ronaldo is one of the best, arguably mm. the best, of his generation. Yet Man United are not going to finish in the Champions League places this no. season. I do think that, I mean, again, um, 
when you look at um say the, the it is a, it is all about the owners as well i think they, they they do have to take their blame because man you know when man united were winning when they had fergie they almost kind of said well we don't like the glazers but hey we're still winning <laughs> they started not winning then it's oh, it's the glazers fault it's the glazers fault but then you've also got to take that into account with watford and norwich and as i was saying earlier it's the owners Sacking managers, not giving managers time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I, I always said, you know, when when whoever's going to sort of come into Leicester, they should have been the manager that followed the manager that followed um, Martin O'Neill. Um, but I mean, with Man United, the manager who followed the manager who followed the manager who followed the manager who followed the manager that followed Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson. But um, but it, it is a combination of it all, and you do have to have. And I do think the Glazers do hold Manchester United back. And the way that they've acted and they've got, you know, Man United, and it is a huge club and it's a huge fan base and they've got a temporary manager in. And next season they've got a, um, a, a chief executive of football or whatever his title is that will be part-time. You know, they deserve more Man United and so do Watford and so do Norwich. But, um, hey, that's, uh, that's I've, I've had my rant. <laughs> I've, had, I've had me rant. Um, Andrew says here, 22 million to win the Premier League. You don't have to spend a fortune. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Rene, good evening, sir. How the devil are you as well? Now, then, there were some interesting results last week. Yep, yeah, and I apologize for the uh, let's say for the graphics. But what we'll do, we'll just have a quick jingle. Uh, that sounds very rude and very off, but I don't mean it like that. We'll have a quick jingle, then we'll come back and we'll have a look at um, at the matches. I feel better for me jingle. There we go. What can I say? Um, this one probably wasn't unexpected, but Palace did make hard work of it. But I think Watford, like I say, I was disgusted in, in Hodgson's reaction when they played Burnley. And I think everybody at the start of the season said Watford and Norwich to go down. And this was just, this was the game that confirmed it. Yeah, when they put in Hodgson, it's like, well, again, what do you need when you're down there? You need someone who is going to make your team. You've got to score goals. You've got to win matches. If you're down there, that's what you've got to do. That's what Everton have done. That's why they, you know, yep. they may well stay up now. They've won matches, and it doesn't matter how you do it. But you need someone who's going to score goals. You need to play in. You need to just have. Obviously, you don't want to be too open at the back or scoring is pointless. But there's no. I don't ever see them looking like they're going to score. And if you don't do that, you're not winning games. If you don't win games, you're going to go down. No. And it's been on the wall for a long time. It's it's not any surprise. But you know, I I do take some stick on here because I say I'm glad Watford and Norwich have gone back down. Um, and that, but I like to say nothing against the clubs or the fans. It's just the owners, the fans deserve a lot better. And it was funny. And hi, Anthony, how are you? Thanks for popping in. Um, on Match of the Day um, with Alan Shearer, he actually said they deserve to go down. You know, who sacks the manager after seven games when you're sat in 12? That's, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, 
okay, there's maybe reasons for that. You know, we don't know if they didn't fall out behind the scenes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But then to replace that manager with a manager who has got no experience in relegation fights in Claudio Ranieri, who, when you look at that, that manager, he usually does well at big clubs. But even more so, the season before that, when he was at Fulham, he didn't keep them up. So what did Watford think that this guy was going to be able to do with Watford when he couldn't keep Fulham up the season before? And then when yeah, they yeah. realised that, they got him and, OK, you know, they brought Roy in and he's, you know, he'd kept Palace stabilised over a number of years. I think the Palace that he took over was in a lot better shape than the Watford that he took over. Yeah, and I want to say, you know, Vera's doing a great, great job. But he's, again, he's doing it off the back of the work that Hodgson did at Palace. Mm. You know, like yes. you say, stabilised them, got them to a place where we weren't worrying about going down. It was right, now we can look up. Okay, mm. you're not the guy to take us there, but we can look up now. Um, but back to Watford, it, I don't understand, A, like you say, after seven games, how anyone can think, it'd be even thinking about managerial changes. Mm. Whether you're in 15th, 20th or, you know, at the top. I, yeah. I don't understand after seven games. Now, I don't even look at the table till 10, 15 no. games ago. Because it's pointless. Yeah, yeah when, I, when I was a little lad, and that was way before your time, they never used to bring a table out till about 10 games no. into the season. Yeah. You know, and, it means absolutely nothing. No, exactly, exactly. And I think, unfortunately, as well, I don't think um, Roy did himself any favours when he was waving to the Palace fans and didn't go over to to the Watford fans. Probably not, no. But again, no. like, if, if managerial changes can work. They have done. We've yes. seen it, like you said, with Burnley. Mm. But why Hodgson? What made them choose him? Yeah. You've not got a manager. You've got tons of young managers that would have took the job. Mm. What, so, what was it in Hodgson? And that's what I can't see. I know. And I, I was exactly the same, like I've just said, with, with, with when they chose Ranieri. Somebody, I think it was, um, again, Alan Shearer on Match of the Day, possibly, was saying, or he was asked, so it was on Talk Sport, one of them, that of certain clubs becoming unmanageable and too toxic mm -hmm. to manage. And they were saying, well, no, because when you when you take a, a foot when you man take over a football club, you know that job is likely to get you the sack at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, you got the odd, you got the Alex Ferguson's and the Wengers who obviously are brilliant and and, and but he came very close. I don't think going forward we're going to see that amount of years out of managing. No, we're going to get that time. or Fergie again. I, yes. I just don't think that clubs will give. And if, if, if stories are true, obviously he was lucky to to still be there, yeah. Ferguson. Um, but you know, they, so and they go and they know when they sign these contracts that they 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 can agree. They say, "Oh, I'll come and join you," but I want you know if you sack me, you've mm -hmm. got to pay me off the contract or whatever. You know what I mean, yeah. Newcastle were playing paying Alan Pardew about seven years after they sacked him. There was still. Paying him off for something stupid like may not have been seven, but you know what I mean. And yeah, Mourinho, but that was Newcastle, and now they were run at that point in time, though, as well, yeah. wasn't 
Yeah, but so, you know, again, you look at Mourinho; he's probably earned more money in payoffs than a small African country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've been paid off by United. They've been paid off by Tottenham. Yeah, they've been paid off by Chelsea second time round. Yeah, well, twelve by both times. I'm kind of guessing. Yes. But, well, yeah, um, maybe so. Yeah, uh, I mean, and if you look at the, the the figures there, I mean, 112 attacks to Watford 71. Uh, they had more dangerous attacks, you know. They they had thirty two percent possession. Watford. Yeah. I think I think their players would probably be resigned to. Here we go. We're going down, sort of thing. And if this hadn't sent them down, to be honest with you, the next game probably would have done. Uh, yeah, and again to my point of Klopp and um, Pep having their um, jobs for life, only if they keep winning. If Man City go two seasons without a a trophy, Pep is not keeping his job. Mm. So, yes, as long as they're winning, yes, undoubtedly. But then takes a couple of seasons without a trophy, which is doable. There's a lot of competition for these trophies. And he will not have his job at Man City. Well, how long did it take Klopp to um, turn Liverpool around? He went a couple of seasons without winning anything, I think, didn't he, at the start? No, did he not win a League Cup quite early on? I think he did win a trophy fairly early on. Not the one they wanted, but... Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing is um, Watford have got Everton next. So that is a <laughs> real humdinger, isn't it? coming up for everything, it? I tell you. I know, I know. Well, you, you, you've been in a happy household. Um, Chelsea, yeah. 2-2. Two, two, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, very much so. And again, Chelsea, you know, I watch a YouTuber uh, who is a Chelsea fan. His, his, ch- his channel is actually a Chelsea channel. I just watch it because I think he's really funny. Um, <laughs> um, and he, yeah, he was like fuming, obviously. Um, and he, he was concerned that they're not going to get top four, which I don't think is is a problem. I think they'll still get that top four. Yeah. And um, just obviously really disappointed with how the game went. And it was just like... Since the Abramovich thing happened, it's all gone pear-shaped. And I'm like, is that not just a coincidence, though? You know, how much... Mm. I mean, it's difficult to say, I guess, how much that's actually influenced the team on the pitch. But that is being sorted now. So there is no excuses. This was majorly two points dropped. And if they do not get Champions League, this is the game where they'll point to that it went a bit wrong. But I think as well, and and you've got to be... Sometimes it's crocodile tears from these big clubs. Like, oh, you know, we've got Abramovich and this is going to put the players off. I'm sorry, Berry were losing their football status and they knew for weeks in advance they were going to be losing their jobs and they were still turning up and doing their best and and, and winning. So, sorry, Chelsea. No, wobble your heads, the professional footballers. I've worked for a company that went bust and I still went in day after day after that for a set time, because well, I've got another job and I, and I wanted some sort of you know payment. So and people do it. So I'm sorry, Chelsea. You know I don't I don't buy that at all. It will be interesting. Um, has that gone through, Mike? The new owners? It all agreed, but uh, I'm not. I don't know if it had been agreed or not. But it's not. It's not gone through yet. They don't officially mm. own it, but I think it's it is in the. Mm. kind of pipeline because obviously it's all got to go through the government which is going to yeah. take longer than if it was that's directly true. from a government. So, 
but yes, I think it will be interesting. Yeah. Be interesting with this new owner. As to, I mean, he's not going to spend the cash like um, Abramovich did, surely. Well, he's a, he's a billionaire. I mean, he's got the money. So, mm. yes, he could. Whether he does or not, only time will tell. But you'd be very lucky to get another owner like to spend like Abramovich did, especially in those early Chelsea days when he took over, when he was trying to make them the giants that they turned out to be. Just crazy amounts of money being spent on yeah. not always the best players, you know. They, and like Lukaku was brought in for all that money. Yes. Never done anything in the Premier League. Never ever done anything in the Premier League. Yet they spent all that money on him and now they're on about getting rid of him in the summer. Only Chelsea can do that. Only Chelsea under Abramovich could have done that. Could have yeah. brought a partner for that amount of money and even considered him selling him a season later. Yes, yeah. I, I think the worry for I think the worry for Chelsea is that yes, I think they'll get top four. Um, I think once you get down to Tottenham, it's Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham for that you know third, fourth, fifth place. But mm-hmm. I think Chelsea have got to seriously be concerned about third place because they're only um, one point ahead of Arsenal. Their saving grace is the next game up is against Leeds, uh, mm-hmm. and I know they're in a relegation fight, but they don't seem to be have the stomach for a fight or the players get sent off um, yeah. and Arsenal have got Tottenham coming up so <laughs> but I think uh, it, it's interesting it's going to go down to the, you know the last day and um, if we are doing a last you know if you are interested and it does go down to the last day I've got to say on this channel we are doing a soccer Sunday which is a bit like Sky Soccer Saturday um, where we'll be covering all the games and we've got three fans in uh, one Doug will be looking after the well we'll be watching the Man City Liverpool battle at the top. Uh, Anthony will be looking, an Arsenal fan will be looking at sort of the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh region for Europe. And Dan, who's a Burnley fan, will be looking after that. Will be watching the uh, relegation battle. So that could be interesting if you're not got anything to do on the last day. But and I, I did a watch along with this one um, with Dan, the Burnley fan, and. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It was a different Burnley, and I suppose since then, I mean, they said on the radio, Alan Pace, the Burnley owner, is either the most clever businessman that there has ever been, or he's very, very lucky in that when he changed the manager, he'd got this new manager in who, let's face it, hasn't managed a club, you know, a um, top team, or not say a top team, but he's not man- managed the first team before, and he's come in and he's he's got that. But it couldn't continue, could it? And I think this is the game where we're just a little reminder to Burnley because they've got to play Villa again um, uh, next weekend. That yes, you're doing well, but you can't. You, you, it's not done yet. The job's you know you're not completed the job yet. Yeah, and when you talk about you know Sean Dyche being let go and saying it worked for them, well, has it? Because actually, mm. and it appears what Dyche would have done if he stayed. Yeah. And they could still go down. Yes. Like that's that's the metric of success and failure. Mm. If this guy keeps him up, then he he's succeeded because that's what his his kind of task would have been when he was given the job. Yeah. If he doesn't, he failed. It's as simple as that. Mm. I'm really surprised they got rid of Dash because they've been down with him before and he's gotten back up. And I don't know. That team was built in his style. You know, you've got, how many games was it? Was it seven when they let him go? I 
didn't get it and I still don't. I still don't think it was the right decision because, okay, stay up this season. You're now trusting a guy that's never managed a first team to do a full season in the Premier League. That is a huge, huge ask of somebody. Because, again, it's not just about the football. Football's football. It's the same at every level. Just mm. better players playing it. But it's it's the whole stuff that goes around it. The match day, getting up, obviously having to pick the team, having to take the trainings every week, the media side of it, the you know, going and seeing your fans, everything that you have to do that isn't the football. Yeah. That's a lot to ask for somebody who has never done that before any level whatsoever. Because Premier League is the biggest league in the world. They are on you no matter what. Mm. So even if they they stay up and it's worked short term, I would really struggle seeing it work full time, you know, in the yes. longer term. I think I think clubs have got to sort of look at it and go, Yeah, well, this guy's done the job for us, but mm. he's not the full time manager we need. Yeah, and maybe that is what they'll say. You know, maybe yes. that's what they've said. They're only giving him, I don't know what his contract or whatever it is, but... No, 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 no. Then, think... OK, in the summer, then, you've got to find a new manager when you could mm-hmm. have had a, a perfectly good one in keeping dice. I don't know. But the thing that... And this is this is actually coming from Dan, um, that no player has really come out and, and backed Sean Dyche, and, and he said, and that's quite noticeable, that normally when a manager goes... At least a couple of players come out and say, well, you know, he, he was good, he taught me this, and I wouldn't be where I am without him. Nobody's yeah. come out and said that about Dice. But what they all have been saying, and they said it on Talk Sport as well, is that the word that the Burnley players use is freedom. We're playing with the freedom now. We've got the freedom to play. And maybe sometimes a manager, as good as he is, just comes to his sell-by date with the club. Yeah, maybe, but also it's very easy to play with the freedom when you no one thinks you're going to stay up. Yeah. It's a lot harder when, again, you're starting a season. Because, again, it, it's long-term. You can't, you cannot live, you can't run a football club short-term. No, no. You have to see bigger pictures. You have to have plans. You have to trust someone with your club. And that's a huge thing to trust somebody with as an owner. Mm. Like, I can't imagine being an owner and having to pick who I'd want to. To be my manager, no, um, and the risk there's always risk in it, but again, why not wait till the end? The trouble before it's brought him up, so he, he's got pedigree. This guy has yeah. no pedigree whatsoever, so what, why choose him over Dodge? That's again what I don't get. Not saying well, necessarily keep Dodge, but why choose this hmm. guy over? I suppose, yeah, I mean, all I can imagine is that they had to make the decision quickly whether he. Kept, whether they kept him or he went, and who would they have got in at that sort of last minute? You know, would it have yeah. been another Roy Hodgson? Would it yeah. have been, you yeah. know, uh, it probably would have been, but again, yeah. then why not wait? Sam? Why not wait then? I suppose not they get ma- get why get rid of Dyche? I, I, I feel like I'm defending Burnley and I'm not doing, but I suppose they just felt that maybe if we'd kept Daesh, we'd gone we'd gone there. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. Um I have a soft spot for Burnley because like I say I lived there 20 years. My kids were all born there. So I do have a spot soft spot for them. As indeed I do for Brentford who can I just um, a quick word on Villa because I just want to say well done to um Stevie G for the job he's doing there because everyone was talking about him when he went there as being Maybe not the right guy. Obviously, again, not got tons of managerial experience, but he's doing a really good job there. So I just want to kind of give him a bit of a thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's 
they're sat in 11th. He's won the last two. Um, he, he was involved in the most boring game I've ever seen when he played Leicester. But no, he has done well. And I, I tell you what I like about, and I've heard the Aston Villa owners on the radio and, and talking, and I think they're a bit like the new Newcastle owners. They know that they're not going to get success overnight. Mm-hmm. But they believe in in Stephen Gerrard and they believe in his project. The, you know, they, they don't see it as a right. If you don't get us into Europe next season, yeah. we're, we're sacking you. They see it as a progression, and they see that, and they feel that Stephen G is the person to do that. So, yeah, well done. And it's nice to hear hear clubs talking like that, isn't it? And having yeah, a sure. having that yeah. plan. Um, but no good point, Brentford. Well, we talked about Southampton before. Brentford, uh, I, I love Brentford as that being that small club that have come up and they've kind of kicked ass. They started off really well. They had a bit of a, a dip and, and couldn't sort of buy a win. And now they're back up to 12, uh, three wins in the last five. And they obviously led to the, the Southampton fans booing, booing their manager. Yeah, I want to talk about Brentford rather than Southampton because... I've kind of said a bit about Southampton for like the yeah. last two weeks, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, but Brentford, yeah, again, like you say, the little club that could. But I think that's actually down, again, to having a plan. You know, they, they know the style of football they want to play and they've played it all season. You know, when they had that dip, they didn't try and change. They didn't go defensive. They didn't try and you know, grab, grab points here. They tried to win games and that's why we love Brentford. Mm. Not only are they that little club that have managed to get to the top league they're, they're doing well in it and they're playing a good style of football yeah yeah I, I just like Brentford the story is like you say what you want and that's you know that's why I hate the huge club thing because if you just had huge clubs you wouldn't have Brentford you wouldn't have Bournemouth totally. coming up you wouldn't have you know those teams and actually those stories are as important as a Forest or a Leeds being in the Premier League you know I'm not I, saying I, you I don't do. need those teams but you can't have yeah. them all yeah, it's like when Ollie Ollie bought Blackpool up, and they're actually sat at the top of the table for a week or yeah. two. And it's like that's what football is about. You've got to have that dream. If you know, if you go into football, whether it's whether you buy a football club, whether you're a player, whether you're a manager, the dream is being the best that you can. And if you know, if if, if you're taking over a club and thinking, well, I'm not allowed to go up. You know, we're not. This is as good as it gets. Then it just ends up like American sport, and I I don't want that for football. No, it just ends no. up with the same teams in the same divisions. You don't get relegation, you don't get promotion. I don't want that for football. That's, no, like, it's no. not what it's about. No. And those little really? clubs would suffer as well because they wouldn't get the money. They're not getting the money. The, how yeah. they survive is getting into the Premier League. Yeah, and so, if they do go down, there's that dream that they can come back up again. I mean, it took us 10 years, but, you know, we went a bit further down first and came up a bit like that Leeds. But, yeah, it, it is that dream. And Brentford, I mean, they've got Ericsson, great signing. And I, I don't know, I mentioned this last week. I mean, we're being linked with Ericsson. Tottenham are being linked with Ericsson. And yet, funnily enough, nobody wanted to take a risk on him when he first came back. And I do hope that at the end of the season, he actually said, you know what, I'm going to stay at Brentford. Yeah, I mean, again, it's really difficult for him because he obviously wants to play at the top end yeah. of the division, doesn't he? And he's good enough to do that, like he's been doing that for years. But to me, 
I wouldn't go back to Tottenham when, mm. hold on a minute, you didn't want to take the risk on me, but now you want me now, you know, I'm fit and able and yes. I've done, you know, this half season yeah. or whatever for Brentford. I don't see him coming to Leicester. I would love him at Leicester. And if you're really would. he would be a great replacement for Yuri. But yeah. again, that's some buts and maybes. Yes, yeah. The only Another... thing that goes against him is his age, maybe a little bit. You know, how well, much are he going to be willing to pay? You need you need that that odd experienced head in. I mean, again, he's doing that at Brentford. The experienced yeah. head helping out, you know, the the players that haven't been at this level before, etc. But I think uh, he's going to want to stay down near London, though, isn't he? I'm assuming probably, that's where his family yeah. are. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's maybe why he goes back to Tottenham because it's like, well, you know, that's what's the best for my family as well as obviously the footballing side. If they get yeah. Champions League, that's also going to be a Obviously, a concern, a consideration, but yeah, yeah, where he ends up will be, uh, will be interesting. But there's plenty of clubs are going to want him for sure. Yeah, we're going to try and run through these now because I've kept you quite a while and I didn't realize how many games we were reviewing. But uh, I mean, what can you say? Man United, right? They've got to write this season off, haven't they? Right, yeah. and well done to Graham Potter again, had a great start at one point, they were bottom of the form table. And again, they've done what Brentford did. They've, they've put some wins together and they've, they've climbed back up the table. So, I mean, I have to eat a bit of humble pie with Brent, uh, Brighton because I was kind of saying, well, they're going to struggling again. Will Brighton's back. And, he, you know, he's got them up, up to ninth at the moment. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't see this coming, though. I'm not going to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it's been a great season for Brighton, but it would have been without this result. Mm. Man United really need to take a look at themselves. And really, really take a look at themselves because whoever does come in, it's this tight fag, he's got a hell of a job to get that team anywhere near top four. Yeah. Like, defensively, just, I cannot believe I saw a Man United side being so bad. Mm. You know, and this isn't me, but should win. Like I said, when you've got Ronaldo, the best player of his generation, arguably, you, you should at least be able to create goals and create chances. Yeah, yeah. And, and Do you think just, he'll go at the end of the season? It's really hard for me because I believe that he's got a very, very strong attachment to Manchester United, which mm. is why he came back in the first place. Um, I know Fer, I think Fergie definitely had something to do with him yeah. coming back. And I'm not sure that it was because Man United particularly wanted him. I just don't think they wanted Liverpool and Man City to have yeah, him. 100%. To be yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, on that basis, you have to say no, he probably won't be there. But, again, where is he going? Because he's done Spain, done Italy, been very successful in both. He's done the Premier League, obviously, first time round. He's got, got the trophies and the medals. Mm. What does he do? You know, and, and the decisions he's making, I think, are going to be less about football and more about off the field and what he wants there. And maybe mm. Manchester is where he wants to finish everything. I don't know. The interesting thing, and it's all paper talk, etc. Of course it is, but is that Ten Hag's got like a, a list of players that he he doesn't want, and there's a lot of big names in there that mm -hmm. he is, you know, said I'm clearing out. And even Maguire allegedly is on that list, but maybe that's what they've got so. to do, Man United. Yeah, for sure it is, and that's why it's, I say it's going to be a big job because. There's a lot of good players not pulling the weight. So either you keep them on the condition that you will pull your weight, you will play better, 
Because Papa, for example, should be playing better. Ronnie should be playing better. You know, McGuire is not as bad as he's been since he went to to Man United. Yeah. It's easy for us as Leicester fans in particular to kind of pick on him, but he is making mistakes. But he's, making he's not mistakes the player he was at Leicester, is he? No, not at all. But he's playing in bad back line. Mm. He's playing in bad back line. And when we told him he wasn't our best, our best defender, that was Johnny Evans that season. Yeah. So... <laughs> I did. I did actually have a laugh because I was listening to the radio this morning, and uh, they were talking about Southampton, like we were selling all the best players. Uh, and mm-hmm. the guy said, and it was Danny Murphy on Talk Sport said, and uh, and of course Southampton sold one of the best defenders in Vestergaard cheaply. <laughs> like that, that did make me that did make me chuckle a little bit. But hey, hopefully, I think next season the whole the whole back. Back, uh, back line, I think, would be, be more confident. Uh, Liverpool blink first. Indeed, yeah. Um, I think it's cities now. I really do. Hmm. I can't, it's really hard because I want Liverpool to win it. I don't want Man City to win it, but I just can't see them losing now till the end of the season. And this is this is a slip up. You know, Liverpool couldn't afford to lose or to drop points. Should I say? No, no, and that's the, I guess the saving grace they didn't lose, but at the same time, it's still two points dropped, and yes. that could be the two points that Mason finished second. Yeah, I mean, I looked at it and I thought, oh, Man United, uh, sorry, Man City are the ones that kind of had the odd, odd dodgy game during the mm. season, and I thought they might be the ones that are dropping the points, but no, let's say Liverpool, Liverpool have so, like you say, I. I have a feeling it might be going to City. I should just say that these, and I'm obviously like you, I go into a lot of, watch a lot of football channels. And mm-hmm. there's the conspiracy theories that, well, the next game that Liverpool have got is against uh, Stephen Gerrard's Villa, away at Villa. And oh, right. he won't be putting much of a defence up there, will he? And I'm sorry, yes, he will. Yeah. No, no man, no player goes in unless they're completely yeah. bent, um, but goes in and says, do you know what? This is Liverpool. I love Liverpool. Don't try, lads. Don't, you know, I'm sorry. Grow up. Well, you know, that is... First, a... first of all, Stephen Gerrard is a winner and he's going to want to win yeah. against Liverpool, I would assume, more than any other team. Yes, yeah. Because he wants to be Liverpool manager one day. Mm. You know what I mean? There's that. There's the fact that if you go to your players and say that, your players aren't going to bloody listen to you. They're going to want to go out and still win the game. So no, that's absolutely ridiculous. Do you and even that... if sorry, carry on. It could still make no difference. Man City win they get all their games, they win it. It's yeah, as simple exactly. as that. Exactly. <laughs> so it still could but make no difference. I really hope Liverpool win that because if they don't, the <laughs> the, the Man City fans and everybody's gonna be oh. but do you remember uh, I think it was possibly the playoff semi or just before the playoff semis when Aston Villa played Leeds. And Leeds didn't put the ball out when there was a player down, which, in fairness, they don't have to, but it's gentlemanly conduct. And they went on and scored. And Bielsa insisted that they'd let Aston Villa score and get the goal back. And yet there was one, I'm not sure if it wasn't click at all, but there was one Leeds defender that he just couldn't accept that. <laughs> he, was, he was trying to stop Villa scoring. Everybody else was, was letting them walk past, but he wasn't. It's in players' natures to win, isn't it? Well, it's not just that, but that whole kind of situation is BS to me. 
Mm. That's not down to the players to decide. That should that's the referee. If the referee wants to stop the game. Yes. Then the referee should stop the game. If the referee feels the game is okay to carry on, it should carry on. Yeah. It's always been a weird rule to me because I remember I think an FA Cup might have been a semi-final. Arsenal played somebody, and that happened. Sheffield they, United, I think, wasn't was it? it? Yeah. United, I'm not sure who it was, but yeah. and they basically let them score. And I've got a, a few Arsenal friends, and they were livid. Mm. Why didn't them score? There was no nothing wrong with our goal line. Blah, 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 blah. And I think actually that game ended up a draw and ended up going to a replay, which I do believe Arsenal won, if I remember correctly. But... Yeah. Oh, there was a game that Arsenal actually, and I could be wrong here, actually replayed because something had happened. Um, yeah, that might have actually been it then. Mm, they they yeah, ended they, up replaying yeah, the game because they didn't do it or whatever. But of course, let's not forget Leicester Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Uh, with Clark Carlisle, we we let Forest go through and score. Um, you know, at the end of the day, that's, it it it. it First world, uh, first world troubles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah very much so. Yeah. Arsenal leads. Um, Arsenal. I've I've said before, fourth was theirs to lose. They then looked like they were going to lose it, <laughs> but Leeds. I mean, talked about it. What was that Leeds player doing? He's let that side down because he's he's out for three games now. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it, again, it's really difficult because you want players are always on that edge, aren't they? Mm. Of it being a great tackle or it being a yellow, a red card. Like there's always that very thin line for players. But you kind of just think, well, what's the tackle really need to be made? Yeah. Like I didn't know I don't watch the game, but like that was my first thing. Okay, he's made a tackle, he's got sent off. Was that tackle actually necessary? Because a lot of the time they're not. No. Now, if he's stuck out on the wing, leave him alone. He's not going anywhere. You're pushing him away from goal. Don't bother tackling him. Like you, you're getting yeah. him. He's already going where you want him to go. Yeah. It's a bit different if he's in the middle of the goal about to score. Then, even then, I would say probably let him score. Like because he's only mm. going to score the penalty. But it's it's a, a brush of blood to the head that could cost Leeds big. You know yes. they're really fighting down there now, and they've got dragged into it slowly like dragged and dragged and dragged mm. and dragged and then they've ended up in it and that shouldn't that shouldn't really have happened Leeds should have had enough points to be well out of it but I was surprised I actually said and chose what I know absolutely nothing about football but I actually said that Leeds wouldn't be dragged into it and lo and behold they have again you know, I get, I suppose I understand why they felt they had to sack Bielsa. But again, it was a weird decision of who they've replaced him with. Somebody with mm. absolutely no experience, not only the Premier League, but of British football full stop, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, and, the, and I mean, Leeds, when, when you look at Leeds, I mean, if you look at that bottom three now, uh, well, sorry, the, the three above the bottom two, uh, Everton 35, Burnley 34, Leeds 34. But Leeds, Leeds have got Chelsea next, Burnley Watford, sorry, Burnley Spurs, Everton Watford. But the thing with Leeds is their goal difference, minus 35. It's double minus 17 for Burnley. And it's almost yeah. double minus 19 for Everton. And that's kind of, I know it's a, it, it's a cliche, but it's almost worth the point to the other teams. Yeah, it is. And again, it shows where the issues are. The mm. issues are obviously, I'm assuming most of those goals have been let in. Um, 
to be bad defending. And they they, they had a couple of games, didn't they, where they got absolutely walloped six nil yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that obviously but, doesn't help. But even if you take that out, if you take twelve off that, that's still a ridiculous goal difference. Yeah. Yes. Um so yeah, again again it's really difficult because I feel like Leeds just think everybody hates them. And mm. I think there is some fans out there that just genuinely hate Leeds because they're Leeds. But most fans, I think, have got over that, you know, dirty Leeds tag that they had. They're no more dirty, really, than anybody else. I just... No. Again, they've made their own downfall because they, they were well out of it and now they're not. So they've made their own downfall. It is. It is. And, I mean, I have to be honest with you, uh, I was talking when I talked to Steve Linux uh, on Tuesday predictions, and we always say that it's, it, it's on YouTube a lot, and they've been showing it recently on ITV4 and Big Match Revisited. The Chelsea Leeds game, yeah, Le- Leeds were dirty back then, but that was back then. Do you know what I mean? It, it's times yeah. have changed, times have changed. Yeah, I don't Talking think they're the- any dirtier than No, they're else. not nowadays, they're not. No, no, not at all. And I'm the game's changed. <laughs> no, yes, I mean, to be honest with you. That old Leeds team, they end up with no players on the pitch. Exactly, I was going to say exactly the same thing. I agree, yeah. And I'm sorry, Lou, but I have to do this. Yes. Um, I said before this game that I, we, we, we forget we've got to a European semi-final. There's probably 16 other clubs in that in, that, in our division that wish they could have done what we did this season. Um, okay, it wasn't the one we were in for. It was the one below that we sort of fell into because we weren't good enough in the one above. But it was still yeah. a European final. There was seven of the eight teams that were in the quarterfinals, apart from Blood Limped, had all been within the last 10, 15 years, had all been in the in the Champions League. But we lost. Then we come back and basically that was our season over. We'd got nothing left to play for. And we welcome to town Everton. Yeah who had won mm-hmm. away once all season. And I said, we're going to lose this. I actually had predicted a 2-1, but I changed it to a 1-1 at the last minute because I, I can't predict. <laughs> My mind stops me from predicting a Leicester loss. Um, they wanted it more. They deserved it more. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what's going to happen with Leicester now because those players out there, whether they're tired or whatever, but they just did not look interested. Well, first thing I'll say is Pickford had a great game and we could have we could have scored two goals yeah. and won it too. So okay. let's not automatically be doom and gloom about it. Had chances to win the game and Pickford had a good day. Had he not had a good day, we would have won that game. So I truly believe we would have won the game. However, we didn't, and that's the side effect of it. I think it's really difficult because for me, we should have got a penalty on the Thursday. You agree, yeah. So... Talking about that game, let's not. But this game in particular, again, you've just come off a, a loss in the semi-final. There is plenty of teams that play badly after that. Mm. And I've heard a lot of it. Rogers out, Rogers out. And I'm like, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why, why do you want him out, first of all? Well, this season's not gone correct. Okay. But we had a lot of injuries at the start of it. You know, that's affected the team. It's affected how we played. Expected team selection, expected everything. We still, even though that's happened, we've got to a Euro semi-final and we're not going down. Now, I can't say this season's been a success by any stretch of the imagination because it hasn't. 
We are, we are not where we want to be and where we expect to be. But there's reasons for that. Let's get some perspective on, mm. you know, Rogers as a whole. Let's see the whole thing since he started. Are we in a better place now than we were when he took over? Yes. And, and yes, I'm we are. Playing devil's advocate with you, I suppose I kept saying from a personal point of view, all season. And I don't blame Rodgers, and I'm not a Rodgers out fan. I will criticise Rodgers. Yeah, I've called him Brendan Bellend when he, when he made him bad substitutions. But I do not want Brendan out. Do you know what I mean? Because I think it's a, it's a project that he's doing, and he's the right man for that project. We've seen what he can do. He's won us two cups. You know what I mean? Um, or a cup and a shield, if you like. But... I was since then all season, wait till we get all the players back. You know, I was quoting Clinton Morris, judge him when he's got his full squad back. Well, apart from Indeedy and forgetting Bertrand, um, he's got all his team back. And that team that he put out, A, against Roma and B, against Everton, they were good teams. I don't think there's anybody <laughs> really that would look at that and go, that's not Aaron, that's not a good team. You know, And I think, in a way... It's almost like the players let him down this time with, with the performance. It was almost reminding me very much of the, the, the previously mentioned Nottingham Forest FA Cup match. Yeah, so for me, yes, the players are back, but a lot of them are still coming off injuries. So, mm. You know, people can't just get over an injury and be at top speed. That's not how it works. You know, again, it's very really difficult because I don't want to... I'm not here to like tell people that they shouldn't be disappointed in this season because they should. No. We all should be disappointed in this season because of where we were last season. Mm. You know, when you go from fifth to what are we now? Twelfth? Fourteenth, I think, yeah. Fourteenth. That's a huge drop off. And it's all this old oh, Rogers third season and all this BS. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, but when as Leicester fans, when have we ever had it is good, apart from that one season where we won it, mm. the season after when we played in the Champions League. They're the best two seasons Leicester have ever had. After that, it's those fifth-place finishes. Mm. Best we've ever had. And yes, of course, there needs to be ambition to get into that top four. That's where we want to be. But Brendan has that, you know, that ambition, the same as everybody else. Yeah. He's trying yeah. to get us there. He's not trying to lose games. Um, the free kicks and corner thing... That needs to be sorted. I can't <laughs> defend that. Like, I cannot defend it. I can't defend that anymore. No, 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 no can the players. <laughs> and, and that's something that's thrown at Rogers a lot. But again, in the early days, we did have a very disruptive bat line. That doesn't excuse right now because the bat line is pretty much, like you say, what it would be if we had the full squad. Mm. Um, Fafana coming back is really great. He's played really well, I feel, since he came mm. back. Um, so I'm glad for that because you never know after an injury like you had whether they're going to be the same player afterwards. But, yeah. you know, he's still throwing in tackles. He's still, you know, trying to get the ball, being that kind of shield at the back. But, you know, it is what it is. Yuri's not had the best season this season. We've had injuries. Mm. Luck has gone against us. You know, we should have had a penalty on Thursday. If we're in the final, are people still saying the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. I you certainly, know? like I say, I certainly... Don't want Rogers out. I do feel, yes, we should have had a penalty against Roma, but I just feel, again, for me, 
maybe the performance wasn't there. It's the simple things that we were doing wrong, like passing yeah. to where the player was rather than where the player is, and the ball yeah. goes out. We've been second to every ball. We're waiting for the ball to come to us, and the players are nipping in and getting there first because we're not going necessarily to greet the ball. I mean, it's been a long season. You know, we will look back on this. I think in hindsight, we'll look back on this and go, okay, whether we were 14th, 15th, well, we're not going down. We've made it to a European semi-final, which is better than we've ever done before because it was only the you know quarter-final we made. So it's the best you know we've ever done in Europe as a club. But like I say, there's a lot of clubs that would have swapped places with us. Let's go again next season and let's see you know what happens. And you know we've got some good youngsters coming through. Brendan's great with the youngsters. If we you have know. the same season next season as we've had this season, then I'm I'm Brendan out. Like no, something's yes. gone wrong. Yeah, then something's gone wrong. When you've got a fit squad, finishing 14th is not acceptable. No, no. And I Whatever think, you do when you do it, it's not no, acceptable. No. And I, I certainly think, um, you know, it, 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 this is the season when he's going to earn his money, if you like, you know. And it depends on the players he brings in. Um, you know, will the play? I mean, I could say on Talk Sport, they were talking about Bertrand. Sorry, I forgot about Bertrand earlier. Bertrand and Vestergaard being two very good defenders that um, Southampton had let go, but they'd come into a very poor back four that was always injured and different every week. So it is going to be interesting next season. Um, but no, it, for me, it's got to be Brendan. Like you say, I'm sure there was a season when Man United didn't win a trophy, but. You don't sap Ferguson because of that, you know. You've you've got to stick with them and give them time. So yeah, but like I say, if we're having the same conversation this time next year, maybe we'll be it'll be under a different manager by then. Uh, yeah. Very quickly, West Ham stuff in Norwich four nil. No surprise to that. No. Um, they, they they were knocked out of Europe. They came back with a win. We got Norwich on Wednesday, so that will be a, a bit of a litmus test to see how we do. But you, probably, well, we weren't expecting anything different on this one, were we? No. Um, West Ham have had a great season and mm. this result is kind of... It, it's difficult, again, because they got knocked out of Europe. This is the perfect result, that you, uh, the perfect fixture, rather, you want, isn't it? After yes. being knocked out of Europe is Norwich or Watford or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. in that sense, it's worked out well for them. But, yeah, whatever happens for West Ham this season, they've had a great one and... Yeah. Um, more than likely be back in Europe next season. Talking about Europe, Man City looked at um, Liverpool blinking and they just went out. I mean, I, I saw this, I was doing a show and I saw this was 3 0 with about 85, 86 minutes and I thought, yeah, no, it's comfortable. And I went back and it was five. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell happened? Um, Newcastle was still, still developing, still in that sort of changeover period. Yeah. Um, but this is Manchester City saying to Liverpool, come and catch us. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's really difficult to see them not winning it. Newcastle, this is maybe a little bit of a, oh God, look how much better we do need to get if we're going to challenge these teams. Mm. You know, maybe a bit more than 10 years it takes yes. us to do this. Yeah. Um, but again, had a great season now. You know, where they were to where they are, the new ownership, it's all it's all rosy. This doesn't change anything for Newcastle season and how it's turned around. And no. again, Eddie Howe needs to be given credit for that. And so do the players, the owners for bringing Howe in. Um, mm. And like I say, just the general lift that's happened there uh, on and off the pitch is 
it's perfect. It's exactly what you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, and I know the fans love Eddie Howe. And, and you know, you're looking at the stats and it's all, all Man City. But yeah. 18 other clubs would have gone to Man City and got the same treatment. So it's nothing, you know, <laughs> that is bad on Newcastle. It just um, shows the, the, the kind of gap between yes. that middle and, and the very top. I mean, talking about that gap very quickly, are we in danger of becoming a, a Scotland? <sighs> no, I don't think so. Mm. Um, because I think there's teams below that will are going through those transitions. Chelsea will be interesting. Again, mm. how much is this guy going to spend? Um, Man City apparently get hot, are getting Haaland. Yes, so yeah. that happens. You've got to think they're going to be scoring way more goals next season. But then again, you know what? That leaves them more open at the back. You can't do both. No team can do both. So I hope not. But if we are, then it's those two teams, isn't it? It's Man City and Liverpool that are going to be those two teams if it happens. Um, But like I say, I'd like to think Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United can only get better, you know, when they get a decent manager and start being Manchester United again. Hopefully Mm. they'll challenge. Um, And obviously Arsenal. I'm not going to count Tottenham because they never. I mean, there's. there's, You know, like you said, there are. It goes in circle. You know, in, in cycles. I mean, look how how long um, it took Liverpool to get back there. You know, and yeah. it, it you know ten years. You know, well, not ten. You know, seven eight years ago, we would we would have laughed at saying Man United would be struggling like they are. But yeah. um, but I think I mean I think we agreed very just quickly. Um, I think we agreed that Man it's going to be Man City's title this year. Um, yeah. Do you think? I think Chelsea will. I think they'll hold on to third. I do. Um, That's me, Arsenal line sixty-four because I can't see because the little clippy bit. Oh, sorry. Way. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. I can say I was rushing. I didn't think this. Um, Chelsea on sixty-seven. Uh, Arsenal on sixty-six. Spurs on sixty-two. I mean, it doesn't matter really matter to Chelsea whether they finish fourth or third. No, no. I no. can't see them. Finishing lower than fourth, so. Yeah. And I'd love them to finish third, Arsenal, and then just say, well, you don't like Arteta, but, you know. Yeah. Um, but then a little bit of me wants Man- uh, Tottenham to, uh, to to sneak it off Arsenal because of the uh, the way the fans are. Um, sixth and seventh, yeah, p- probably, to be honest with you, you know, you know it's going to be it's going to be the top five. Uh, sorry, the top yeah. seven are going to be the top seven come the end yeah. of end of the season in some order or another and at the bottom mm-hmm. end um for me and i didn't say this a few weeks ago i was i was saying it was everton but now i can't see with the goal difference i can't see leeds leeds getting out of it to be honest with you is that, is that no. gone over that hasn't gone over has it there we go there we go no i, I can't see them getting out of it but i couldn't see everton getting out of it so who knows I've yeah. just stopped trying to predict it. <laughs> it's been a great. It's good that it's going on this long, and there's still something to yeah. you know to interest us. And of course, well done to your mother-in-law. I'm sure it was a very, very happy house. Yeah, I wasn't watching well, it with us, thankfully. So, ah, oh, no, I was watching it, and yeah, at I least at it, least, yeah. at least it was more exciting <laughs> than the Aston Villa game. Yeah. yeah. Lou, as always, thank you so much. Welcome. I didn't think this one was going to go on as long, but we we we, we went off quite a bit on those news <laughs> bits, which is great. Another uh, 
another podcast, haven't you? At, at nine o'clock, yes. Uh, but uh, I've I've got time to, uh, yeah. to have a quick rub down with the wet Daily Mail. Please stay in the <laughs> chat because I'll come back and just have a quick word with you about a few things uh, before you, you go. But as always, thanks so much, Lou, and take care. See ya. Cheers. Bye bye. Thanks to Lou there. Um, great as always. I could have been, I could still be talking for an hour and a half to be honest with you. I'll, I'll be here at midnight. I'll be, be turning into a pumpkin. Yeah, none of that. I've already turned. I'm going to be back at nine o'clock. Thank you very much to everybody in the chat. If you've been listening on a podcast, thank you very much. And like I say, if you've been watching on YouTube, again, please, if you haven't done, subscribe to the channel and smash those likes. It all helps. I'll be back at nine and we'll be doing exactly the same as we've just done, but with the European leagues. I'm going to need to go and get a drink, I think. Good night, everybody. See you in 20 minutes. And I'll try pressing that. Again. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.